Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to worship you in giving. We thank you for those that have come and visited with us for the first time or the second time or the third time or the fourth time, fifth time. Father, we just thank you that an opportunity to gather together. We ask that you bless our hearts as we listen to your word and that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts and that we will grow thereby. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are into our fourth and final episode of our series entitled, Write the Vision. It's coming out of the book of Habakkuk. And this is the final one. This is the final episode. But it's been a good journey. Seeing how we act. But anyway, my opening, my opening for today is this. Even among suffering and loss, Habakkuk has learned that he can trust God. And with that trust comes great joy. Not in circumstances, but in God himself. And as followers of Jesus, we can express authentic worship of God in seasons of darkness, seasons of pain and difficulties. And we do that by rejoicing, praying, and thanksgiving. When we started off, our first episode was called talk about it. And then we went to our second episode and it was entitled Review Your Expectations. Last week we talked about the sight of faith. And now today for our final episode for our closing we are going to talk about the paradigm of faith. Now, I know somebody's probably saying that's a paradigm, but no, it's paradigm. All right, it's the paradigm of faith. So let's talk about our definitions. Our first definition is right. And right is to express by forming letters and words on paper or on stone. Vision. Vision is the faculty of seeing, a revelation from God. Paradigm. Paradigm is an example, a model, a pattern. I'm going to say that one again. Paradigm is an example, a model, a pattern. Some other folks say it is a mindset. And faith is the ascent of the mind or understanding to the truth of what God has revealed. And last week, we talked about my long-range mentor's definition, which is, faith is acting like something is so, even when it's not so, in order that it might be so, simply because God said so. I got to say that one again, because I really like it. Faith is acting like something is so, even when it is not so. In order that it might be so, simply because God said so. 
Somebody in the back waved at me, so they want me to say it one more time. <laughs> Faith is acting like something is so, even when it is not so, in order that it might be so, simply because God said so. I was going to, but I caught myself. Let's go into the scripture. Habakkuk 3. Habakkuk 3, starting at verse number 16. These are the last few scriptures in the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk says, this is the English Standard Version. Habakkuk says, I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive uh, fail, and the fields yet fields uh, and the fields yield no fruit. Food, I'm sorry. The flocks be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. To the choir member, choir master with string instruments. Uh, Lord, we ask that you bless the hearers and doers of your word and that it will fall upon the good soul of our heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as I was going over this this week, I just got to tell you, I, I kept thinking of uh, the old school preachers. And as they would finish up their, uh, their messages, they would do what we call... Uh, Hooping. Hooping is where you take your message and you add a melodic or uh, 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 some folks say uh, asthmatic uh, content to your closing. And so uh, when I saw this to the choir master with the string instruments, I said, Habakkuk was feeling so good, he started tuning up on them. And so he told the choir, ma he told the choir master, come on and, and help me out. Because I was like, why would that be at the end? And then I, I started thinking about that. Because he got excited because he, he said, although all this is happening, all this is going on, all this devastation is happening. Verse 18, he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take my joy in the God of salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's and he makes me to tread on my high places. As we look at this whole journey of these four iterations, the previous three iterations that we've gone through, we, we see this man who has been called by God to, to speak to the people. But Habakkuk's a little bit different. He, he's like, Lord, why are you allowing this to happen? You're supposed to be covering us. You're supposed to be protecting us. You're supposed to be doing all this stuff for us, and you ain't doing it. I got some questions. Well, the thing about asking God questions He's going to give you an answer. Now, you might not like the answer that he's going to give you, but guess what? He's going to give you one. It's just like when, you know, when you're a little hungry before dinner, 
and you see them cookies in the cookie jar and you go and ask, you say, can I get a cookie? And they'll say, no, because you're getting ready to eat dinner. But you already knew what the answer was going to be, but you said, I'm going to ask anyway. Then you get mad because of the answer. But you already knew what the answer was going to be, but you said, I'm going to ask anyway. So Habakkuk got his lips all perched up and he asked the Lord. He said, why are you allowing this? And then when God told him, he got even more mad because he said, they worse than us that you're going to use to correct us. And that, ain't, that don't seem fair either. But God opened his eyes so that he could understand that he don't think like God thinks. And so we follow this journey of Habakkuk going through the same type of thinking process that we go through. But sometimes we don't verbalize it. Habakkuk was bad enough to say, God, why? But we keep the why on the inside. And we let it get us all twisted up. We let it get it all mingled up. And, and, and then when somebody come along with some craziness, we, we, we kind of gravitate toward it because it makes us feel better. When God says, and we know what God's going to say, we just like, well, I don't really want to hear that, God, so I'm going to go do this other craziness. But the thing is, even when Habakkuk first asked God what was going on, God didn't even say nothing. But God was speaking through his silence. And then Habakkuk said, well, if you ain't say nothing, do you really care? And God said, well, you want to answer? Here come the answer. <laughs> so God is revealing through us, through the prophet Habakkuk, the fact that God wants us to come just the way we are. Just like your parents will tell you, well, my parents told me, I don't want to get nobody in trouble. My parents told me that if I do anything or I have any questions, I can ask a question. And if anybody has grown up around me, they know that I was not afraid to ask the 2,000 questions that come from one question. I think why was the second word I learned when I first started speaking. <laughs> but it helps you to get an understanding. Even the Bible tells us in all our getting to get and understand it because when you understand, then you know how to go forward. And with that thought process, you can ask the question, well, I don't think God really wants to hear about what I should eat today. Why wouldn't he? Because he cares about you. He, he, his desire is to help you along the way. God, should I drink this chocolate milk? And you know you lactose intolerant. <laughs> Lord, should I eat this ice cream? You know you got the you got the brum bellies and you getting ready to tear up your whole house and run everybody out the house. But you know you ain't supposed to. And then you sit up there talk about I blessed it. I prayed over it before. But you already knew. I don't know why I'm stuck on food today. But anything, the, 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 the thing is, is the, the fact that some questions 
We don't ask God because we already know the answer because he has indicated to us the answer previously, but we act like we ain't here. Now, I don't know about now. Again, I'm going to talk about myself all day today. Now, sometimes when my parent would tell me to do something, I would mentally disengage my auditory nerve from my brain so that it would not register to my brain that I needed to do something. How old, oh Lord, something, see. I'm starting stuff already. And so what we have to realize is we do God the same way. We know that God said to do this, but we don't allow what it is he's directing us to do to connect to our mind so it causes action. And then when we get in trouble, we act like we the victim. Lord, I don't remember you saying that. Okay. As I said, I'm just talking about me. I don't, I don't want nobody to think I'm talking about them. But when we look at the book of Habakkuk, we see how Habakkuk comes to this place where his worship of God is not based on his circumstances. He knows all this craziness is getting ready to happen. He knows this nation is getting ready to come and get up. He knows all this is getting ready to happen, and it can make you feel down. But God says, the rest of the story is, I will yet deliver you. Amen. And so it's very easy for us to worship God in the good circumstances. But when the hardship comes and the unpleasant situations, what are we doing? Have we come to the place where we say, just like uh, uh, Paul said, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. We've got to get to that place that no matter what the situation, that we bless the name of the Lord. This is in my notes, but there was a king, and he found out that three countries was getting ready to attack him. And he went and he cried before the Lord. And he said, Lord, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What? And the Lord told him what to do. And he went out to the people, and he said, hey, this is what we're going to do. And they're like, no, we're not going to do that because we're going to get defeated. He said, no, this is what we're going to do. He says, we're going to line up. And we're going to put the, 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 uh, the choir is going to lead. The priests are going to follow the choir. And the fighters are going to come after that. And, they, and them choir folks said, what you say? But anyway, they lined up. And as they went out and they were singing praises to God, the three kings that were trying to attack King Hezekiah all started attacking themselves. And they didn't even have to fight. As they bless the name of the Lord. And so even in the midst of your situation. You should have some things that you can fall back on. You should have some songs in your heart that you can say. I will bless the Lord at all times. His name shall continually be in my mouth. The humble. The humble. Shall boast of the Lord. And we should be able to just celebrate what God has done in our lives. And it helps us in the situation because if he did it before, he can do it again. Yes. 
But the reality of it is that life can be brutal at times. But Jesus said this. Jesus said, he, he, he broke it. He said, he said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And then he also says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So walking in Christ does not mean that you are exempt from trials. It does not mean that you're exempt from suffering. But what it does is you have an outlet by which you can walk on through. And so we have to grab hold of that. Sometimes our hardship wants us to stay with it. It wants us to be its friend. It wants it, us it to become our pet. You know, I, this is always, I've just always been this way all my life. I've always had this. And that's what hardship wants. It just wants you to be miserable all the time. But God says, if you trust me, if you rejoice in me, if you fellowship in me, your hardship will be overcome. Yes, yes. That which you thought was going to be with you for the rest of your life will fall off. And you'll be able to walk in the newness of life. Yes, yes. So being a child does not exempt you from the storms of life. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can feel like it's impossible to overcome. Mm -hmm. But if you trust in the Lord. In him only. Mm -hmm. He can. You can depend on him. And God wants to bring us to a place where we're able to worship and choose to rejoice in him no matter the darkest, the darkness of the storm. Another thing just ran through my mind. Paul and Silas was doing a little preaching and they got themselves in a little trouble. And they said that they didn't just put them in the prison after they beat them up. They, they put them in the center, the darkest part of the prison. And in the middle of the night, they decided that we are going to bless the name of the Lord. And as they blessed the name of the Lord, I heard an old preacher say, as they, they blessed the name of the Lord so strongly that God started tapping his foot. And when he tapped his foot, it caused the jail cell itself to start shaking. And the, length, the, uh, the restraints that they had on them fell off. And the, the, the person that was responsible for the jail got scared because he thought that they escaped. And he was getting ready to kill himself. And they said, no, don't kill yourself. We're sitting right here. Because we know that the Lord is able. And so many people feel like they're devastated if their prayers are not immediately answered. And their grief then turns into this disappointment with God. And then it be, goes into bitterness. It be, goes, goes into anger. God didn't answer my prayer. My, I asked the Lord to, 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 uh, to not uh, to allow my mother to live, to allow my father to live, to allow my loved one to live, and he let me down. And so I'm mad at God because God ain't do what I told him to do. But even in the midst of that, God still loves us enough that if we turn back to him, he will 
turn to us. But sometimes we get the mindset to believe more in miracles than we do in the God of the miracles. Another story come to mind. Y'all can tell I got a bunch of stories today. Another story came to my mind. There was these four Hebrew boys that had got pulled up by Nebuchadnezzar and they, they rose to the top. Now, one named Daniel rose to the tip top and the other three rose to right underneath Daniel. Well, anyhow, they trying to get the, the, the people that were there are trying to get rid of the boys and they decided we're going to say that everybody needs to worship the statue of the king. And they say when they blow the trumpet, everybody that don't bow is going to get thrown in the furnace. So they blew the trumpet and everybody bowed except for these three jokers. They just sitting there looking around like we ain't doing this. So they brought them before the king. And the king said, didn't you hear the edict? Didn't you hear what I told y'all to do? And they said, yes, sir. He said, well, what, what is this? And they said, look, look, you know what, king? It says it like this. It says, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. You going to throw us in this furnace? Okay. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if he don't, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your God or worship the golden image that you set up. So these three young men were confident that whichever direction that they went in, that God was going to deliver them. And we discover that God delivered them from the fire. Deliverance to such a point that King Nebuchadnezzar changed his mindset. He changed the way he thought because he saw the hand of God work in their lives. So they said, if God has de de declared, uh, they also declared that if God chose not to rescue, they would not allow their circumstances to change their worship of him. We're going to worship God no matter what. No matter what you do, we're going to worship God. And so they have faith for a miracle, but even if the miracle didn't happen, they said we still going to bless the name of the Most High, the Lord God Almighty. And that is the same for us. We as the church sometimes always want to tell everybody about the good. We want to tell the glory story. And we want to tell about, oh, God rescued me, God. We don't want to tell the folks about how we felt about God until he delivered us. We don't want to tell folks that we were doubting through the situation. We don't want to tell that. We just want to tell everybody about the miracle of God. But we don't want to talk about 30 years I've been praying for this. We don't want to talk about all of the time I cried and stayed up. And we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to encourage folks that everything. We just want folks to think that I just knew everything. I just walked by faith, not by sight. And God is just so good. Bless the name of the Lord. And on the inside, you're talking about, you know you lying. You didn't start believing until yesterday. But anyway, we have to get ourselves to the point where we can say 
that we had faith for a miracle. And the miracle didn't happen. But that does not take away my faith in God. I believe that a miracle is going to happen. But the miracle didn't happen. But that still don't take away my faith in God. God does not have to perform for me. God is not my circus monkey. God is not something that I control. He is the creator of all things. And because of that, he knows more than what I know. Now, I might, that might hurt somebody's feelings that God knows more than you. But I just, got, I just got to be honest with you today. Because God knows more than you. Think about Paul. Paul, boy, I got all these stories running through my mind. Paul sitting up there praying for folks, doing a missionary. But he says, I had this issue. He called it a thorn in the flesh. Now, the theologians believe that he had malaria, and his malaria condition affected his vision. And so Paul couldn't see that good. And so he would go to the Lord and say, Lord, heal my eyes. And nothing happened. He went to the Lord again. Lord heal my eyes. Nothing still didn't happen. Goes to the Lord one more time. Lord heal my eyes. And the Lord says. No. My grace is sufficient for you. And your weakness is where I'm made strong. See we don't like to hear that. I got to be weak so you can be strong, Lord. Well, you know, if somebody's stronger than you, then let them be strong. Y'all catch that tomorrow morning when you wake up. Because sometimes we're trying to be all strong and everything, and God says, just let it go. I'm with you. I got you. Please grab hold of that. We also have to be able to celebrate the folks that are going through darkness. Y'all say, yeah, somebody says, hey, I'm going through. I don't know how this is going to come out. And we're celebrating with them that they are trusting God. And we're saying God's going to do something in this. It may not. We talked about this. We've got to review our expectations because we expect God to bring us out. We all looking all pretty, you know, and looking all lovely and everything. But sometimes you come through some things and you're not looking the best. Amen. Your hair might not be in place. Your makeup might be a little bit messed up. You know what I'm saying? Your, your shoes might have a couple holes in them and some things may not look right. But the fact is, you're on the other side of it. Because God brought you through. And so, as we're talking about our title, which is the paradigm of faith. The, the how is our mindset as it refers to faith. Last week we talked about the sight of faith. What does faith look like? So this week I want to talk about our mindset. What is our mindset when it comes to faith? And Paul brings up the answer to us. It's in Philippians, the fourth chapter. We're going to get there in a little bit. We're just not there yet. I'm just so excited. I just got to get it out my, get it out my mouth before we go to it. And, and so it, 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 there are three things that, that Paul brings out. In this principle, it says, uh, the first thing is that we should rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. For those of y'all that's taking notes, that's First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, the 16th through the 18th verses. 
Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You want to know what the will of God is? Rejoice in the Lord always. Pray without ceasing. And give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks when I stub my toe. Give thanks that you didn't break that joke. Amen. Bless you. First, we can, like Habakkuk, choose to rejoice in God and who God is despite our circumstances. Second, we can pray and pour out our heart and our soul to God. Third, we can cultivate an attitude of gratitude yes, yes. in our lives. Y'all hear me say it all the time. You complaining about you, you, you ain't got no new pair of shoes, but when you meet somebody with no feet, then you got a di different outlook, don't you? Because we have to just be grateful that God loves us enough. And because he loves us enough, he's working something out for our good and his glory. So as we look through the book of Habakkuk, we see that it starts off with Habakkuk talking, thinking he's going to interrogate God. But it ends with Habakkuk. Doing an intercession to God. Speaking to God on behalf of the people. Looking to God to work something out. In this situation. Because we're not getting around this situation. God said y'all going through this. But if you go through it. You will be victorious on the other side. Amen. Now the funny thing is. There are some of us. Who, when we were growing up, back in the days of, uh, I'm going to say it this way, back in the days of in-home uh, corporal punishment, um, some of us got uh, had to go before uh, that 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 uh, method more often than others. Um, and some of us would be given options. Some of us would be like, okay, you could get this punishment. Or you can get this restriction. Now, there are, in the summertime, I was of the mindset, I'm going to take the punishment because the restriction usually meant I couldn't go nowhere. So I would take the, the, the whooping so I could hurry up and get outside. That's how some folks do. Some folks don't like pain, so they be like, I'll stay in the house all summer long as long as I ain't got to get no whooping. But that wasn't my way of thinking. I got to get back outside and play. But what we sometimes do is we sit there and vacillate between the two. Do I want the punishment? Do I want the whooping? Do I want the punishment? Do I want and you negate any advancement in your life because you have not made a decision. And what I'm trying to encourage you to do, you know you're going to have to do one of these two. Just be happy that you get to do one of the two because on the other side of it, you're going to be all right. Some of it, it could be quicker for some of us. And for some of us, it could be a longer time. But the fact is, you know, you sitting there saying, I don't want to go through. I don't want to go through. God said, just go through. Just go through. I got you. Just go through. But Lord, it looks like it's going to be awful. Just go through. I got you. Just go through. 
You fighting, you trying to swim upstream, and you doing all this, tying yourself out, can't sleep. You're going through all this. And God says, just go through. David said, yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He didn't say it takes me beyond it. It says it goes with me. I'm protected. Even in the midst of it, I'm still protected. Let me finish this up for today. And so when we look at Habakkuk, we see that Habakkuk starts off with a question mark. God, why? But in the end, he ends with an exclamation point. God is good. And his mercies endure to all generations. And so I want us to walk through this very slowly and deliberately. Our paradigm of faith is actually articulated in the Bible. Our paradigm of faith is found in Philippians, the fourth chapter, starting with the fourth verse. In the NLT, but you know what I think of my notes, I put ESV. In the NLT, it says, always be full of joy in the Lord, say it again, rejoice. Always, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Next one, please. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. All right? Next one, please. Don't worry about anything. What that say? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Let's hit that one again. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell this now. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Y'all know, know how y'all do when y'all was growing up. Daddy, I just love you. You the best daddy ever. You the, can I get $5? Mm -hmm. Next one. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace, whose peace? His God's peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. <laughs> We're going to get to the good part now. Next one, please, baby. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. After saying all that, let's get to the final, let's get to the bottom of this. It says this fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. But we ain't done yet. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. It ain't just about hearing it. It's about doing it. Getting that mind right so that you have the mindset of faith. 
that we are going to walk in what is, go back one, please, baby. We're going to walk in what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. We're going to walk in those things because our mind is right. Then God can work in us, through us, and touch those around us. And then think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And he says, in verse number 9, he says, I've exampled all this for you. This is Paul saying, I've already exampled. And if you do this, you're going to have God's peace in anything. Everybody else going crazy. And you, they're like, well, how come you're not upset? God got this. Mm -hmm. You might lose your job. God's got it. God's got it. That might need to be your that might need to be your new new little catchphrase. Somebody say something negative. God's got it. They they are gonna be mad at you. Oh, see there we go. That's what I'm talking about. Don't you think it's bad? God's got it. And if we get that as our mindset, our paradigm is in every situation. God's got me. I'm going to bless the name of the Lord because he's got me. You can go on to the next slide, baby. Because he's got me and he has me in all things. God's got me. God's got it. And that is my mindset. Even when you're talking to yourself and yourself being negative, you need to start telling yourself, God's got it. The preacher told me to say it. I'm going to tell you. God's got it. Feel like I got a cold. God's got it. Feel like somebody on my nerves, but God's got it. Now, don't be saying God's got it as you want God to get them, all right, because they're getting on your nerves. It's that God's got you in every situation that you go through that just ran through my mind. Somebody was like, yeah, God's got it. Mm-hmm, yeah. No, we're talking about God's got you in the situation. My other little favorite meme is the little girl sitting in the back seat and, and she told her daddy, you worry about yourself. That's what we need to do. Worry about ourselves. You in the front seat worry about yourself too. All right. With that being said, there is something that is so vitally important about all this. And even though we're talking about how to write the vision, how to walk in the vision, and how to be and walk in faith, the key to this is having a relationship with Jesus. Because if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, anything that you attempt to do is not good enough. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that? I didn't say it now. Anything that you try to do within yourself always comes up short. It may appear at the moment that all that is going okay, but until you have Jesus in your life, it's not going to work. It may appear like it's working, but in the end, it's not going to work. But guess what? Ain't no worries. God's got it. 
His word tells us this. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And the word saved means delivered, means rescued. God will deliver and rescue you. What, what, what are you talking about? There is a penalty on your life. And the penalty is sin, which means that you've missed the mark of God. And because you've missed the mark, that means you are destined for death. But then that same scripture goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we can make the decision to walk in life or to walk in what we think is life, but actually is death. I'd rather be sure than unsure. And the Bible says, for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. It's a decision that we have to make. It's a decision that you have to make. Everyone has to walk down this path. Jesus says there's no other way to get to the Father unless you come by me. If you come any other way, you are a thief and a robber. And so we don't want you to be a thief. We don't want you to be a robber. We want you to do it the right way. Because when you do it the right way, you get the right results. Because the Bible also says that everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the good thing about this, and our mindset in this, is that this is not an individual event. This is actually a team sport. And when you make that decision... We want to come alongside you and assist you along this journey. doesn't matter whether you're sitting here in the sanctuary with us or you're out there wherever you are in the world. Our desire is to assist you along that journey. And so what's, this is what we want to do, want you to do. We want you to email us at info at godshousecc.com or you can text us at 864 920 0100. And let us know that you made that decision. We will come alongside you and assist you along this journey. This is not an individual fight. An individual decision that puts you on the team. And once you're on the team, we got you. And we will come alongside you and assist you. And please do that as quickly as you possibly can because we really don't know the day or the hour that our time will be up. But we want you to know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, where you're going on the other side of life. Well, friends and family, that's episode number four. Our final episode. It is done. And I want you to lock into your mind that a fee, I mean, a Philippians 4, 4 through 9, Lock it in your mind. If you need peace in your life, if you need security in your mind, lock that in to your life. Because you shouldn't be worrying about anything but praying about everything. Episode number four, the paradigm of faith. Until next week. God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.